0: Did you know 90% of top performers have a high emotional intelligence and a higher than average annual income? As one of the most highly valued skill sets, Emotional Intelligence, or EI, is what distinguishes outstanding leaders. Deepen your EI skills today with the Daniel Goleman Emotional Intelligence course. A 12-week online course to develop your inner capacity. Become a stellar leader and build high-performance teams. Save your seat and $50 with the coupon code PODCAST. Learn more at courses.keystepmedia.com. That's courses.keystepmedia.com. Don't forget to enter coupon code PODCAST at checkout for $50 off your registration.
1: As if you didn't have feelings and you didn't know what would feelings feel like. They said I could play and then they passed the ball to me once and then they started playing without me. Angry and sad. Mm-hmm. A successful life looks like I know that it's okay to feel each emotion. I'm having a really strong feeling. It's a good feeling and it's bad. I'm sad that I don't get to see my friends and family. My favorite insect is a ladybug. Tiny things can be so miraculous. I get the positive feelings of happiness, beauty, joy, and positivity when I see a ladybug. And then something changes. If it changes to better, you might like that. Mm-hmm. Or if it changes to worse, it might probably not like that.
0: We are so grateful to all the young people who added their voice to our small people, big voices segment at the top of each show. We're currently collecting voicemails from kids for season two. So if you or your kid want to add your voice to our show, consider leaving us a voicemail using our SpeakPipe app at FirstPersonPlural.com. Thanks.
2: How about we start with a set then? Let's do a little bit of a... Uh, 148. 148 for you, Hanuman.
1: All right, let's do it.
0: Welcome to this very special episode of First Person Plural, Emotional Intelligence and Beyond. I'm Hanuman Goleman, and I'm thrilled to welcome our entire production team for a season one recap. We thought it might be fun for our listeners to hear a group conversation about the behind the scenes in the production process. We'll talk about our process, some of our favorite moments during the course of our first season, and some of the gaps that we're aware of, areas that we can improve and that we hope to address in season two. Let's get started. To help our listeners get to know us better, we're going to go around the virtual Zoom room We'll say our name and role in the podcast, and then we'll share a bit about what motivates us to do this work.
3: Hi, everyone. I'm Daniel Goleman. I'm a co-host on First Person Plural.
0: I'm Hanuman Goldman. I'm Dan's son, and my role in the podcast is both executive producer and co-host.
4: So my name is Elizabeth Solomon, often referred to as Liz, and I um, have been a correspondent and producer on season one of First Person Plural.
5: My name is Bryant Johnson. I'm an associate producer and a graphic designer.
2: My name is Gabriela Costa, or Gabby. Everyone calls me Gabby around here. Uh, (laughs) And I am the executive producer uh, for First Person Plural. So. I hope that you all received our outline for today, but if you didn't, I'm going to put it in the chat. The objective of today is for it to be a a casual conversation between all of us as a team so that we can almost close out our whole first season, 12 episodes, which is incredible. Um, I actually learned last week that the majority of podcasts don't make it past their 10th episode. So the fact that we've gotten to 12 is a big deal for us. It means that we have longevity and that we're planning and preparing for our whole second season is a huge deal. So I hope that you all kind of take a moment to just pat yourselves on the back for all the time and energy that we've put into this.
4: Mm -hmm. Thank you, Gabby, for sharing that with us and opening it up for celebration.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. It's a big deal, man. That's a lot of work that we just did together.
2: <laughs> Turns out. <laughs> yeah. And we started working on the concept for all of this over a year ago. It was June of 2020.
5: Maybe Even earlier than that.
2: Earlier. Yeah.
5: Gonna, you and I had conversations in probably April or May. And this was one of the things that you were thinking about. So. That is correct.
0: (laughs) This is going to be an interesting conversation. (laughs) There's a lot to navigate here. I'm realizing this has been quite a year on so many fronts for all of us.
3: I realize that you've all been working behind the scenes from what I can see uh, to make this podcast so much better than if I were just doing it myself. I, I love the fact of the team and I appreciate each one of you. And what you add to this. Uh, I I couldn't do this without you.
2: It's really such an honor. It really is. It's something special to be able to work with you, Dan, and, and this incredible team. I think a lot of people think that podcasts are just something that you can just ideate and say, okay, I'm going to start one tomorrow. But to actually make it possible on a grand scale like we have it takes so much intention and effort and work behind the scenes that just requires a team with a lot of skills a lot of focus
0: and if you do it well nobody knows about the work behind the scenes It's you don't see it or it's think say, about
3: it it's all invisible it's kind of magic the way it happens but there's a lot of hard work in that magic
2: so because this is a little bit of a pulling back the curtain for folks who are listening to the, the episodes and, and to the podcast, I'm wondering if we should do introductions like this might be a really good time to kind of why did we get involved in this podcast in the first place and what keeps us motivated.
3: For me, uh, the podcast is a wonderful way to bring my current thinking to a, a large group of people quickly. You know, it takes years from thinking of a book to writing it to the publication pipeline. Uh, You know, it's a slow way to get an idea out. But a podcast is so wonderful that way. And not only that, but working with this team, I find that associations are made that I would never think of. There's a saying in Japan, all of us are smarter than any one of us. And I really feel that with this podcast, that the the parts that are added uh, just create so much more dimensionality, so much more depth of thinking uh, and context to to what it is I'm thinking of. So I'm learning a lot just from seeing how the podcast turns out. uh, And I really appreciate the value added from all of
0: you. That's so sweet. To hear, thank you. The value added that you're talking about makes me think about the immense value of developing uh, relationships with people that are solid enough that they can handle criticism and that they can hold, um, you know, the, the range of emotions and that we feel safe enough that we can hear from others in that. And in this context, it's it's one thing because we'll we'll actually record a thought and then the other thought that's added uh, on top of that at another time uh, in, in reflection or through reflection often, but it has the same function of a loving uh, community. I think that, that holds each other and helps each other see the various perspectives that we each hold. And because we really do need each other that way, we all have blind spots and, uh, if we can't talk to each other uh, and feel safe to express what we see, the other person is not seeing, then uh, you know that's that's where it, that's a very difficult thing to do. I feel honored to be a part of of this team, and um, and it's such a beautiful model that I've not I've not really reflected on before. This.
3: What was your role in pulling the team together?
0: My role. Yeah. Well, have you ever seen those, those like heist movies where at the beginning there's like somebody who's got a thing that they need to do and they're like- Are
4: we like Ocean's <laughs> Five of emotional Intelligence. <laughs> Basically Ocean's <laughs> Five, that's right.
0: <laughs> I had, I had a few uh, like business needs and, um, and they happily coincided with my personal proclivities. And so- um yeah I I had worked for years with Bryant and and just uh, only um I've just constantly been very <laughs> how do I even say it Brian, you have been such an amazing friend and person to work with. You, you're as a colleague, you bring such depth of knowledge and creativity and understanding of different systems that I have no no idea about. Like things like your, your uh, involvement with comic books and video games and uh, all of the different tendrils that those two two areas have have just continually
5: being a boon to, uh, to our work together. It's the first time ever that uh, playing video games and reading comic books has paid off. So there you go, kids, some life lessons for you.
2: <laughs> There's a chance for all of us.
4: I know it's a good message to our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just want to tag into what you're saying about Bryant really quick. Cause I have this dream that one day we're going to go to like, a trivia contest because you just to me are like this vault of knowledge and the way that you pull from things you know I think video games and comic books is just one angle you also like have an incredible uh a lot of historical knowledge and you read a lot and so in all of our conversations you consistently bring in things and I'm like how does Bryant know about that too like what is <laughs>
0: Yeah. Linguistics, etymology, like that, that kind of, that whole world has been such a thrill to work with you. Uh, I love that stuff too.
5: It's what, what you get from um, changing your major four times in college. So, you know, I have minors in about a thousand different things, none of which are particularly practical at any given moment. So.
2: Well, thank God. It really is. We wouldn't have the title of our show without you. You were the one who thought of first-person plural. Do you remember how we came up with it?
5: Um, I remember we were brainstorming ideas for it. And this idea of, you know, the linguistic first-person plural just seemed so appealing. This uh, kind of blurring between I and we, it seemed like it fit really well with emotional intelligence that kind of the essence of it being this understanding of yourself. And then as you kind of grow with that, this understanding of how it affects all of us. And so the skills seem to really parallel well between the first person, the I, and the uh, first person plural, the we. So it I don't know, it was just one of those, I have no idea where the idea came from, but it seems to work really well with you know what we keep talking about so but um yes bar trivia that's my uh, calling i'm going to um, join the professional bar trivia circuit so i'm going pro so i'll see you guys later but you know it was fun
4: there's big prizes no whammies for you <laughs> in the near future <laughs> Yeah. And Brian, actually, you know, I think like the fact that you might be a little less in the weeds of the production than the rest of the team has been a huge asset for us because you've always been able to listen with that sort of outside perspective and then come back to us and give really poignant, critical feedback or just really celebrate, I think, the episode in ways that those of us who are so deep in the production of it haven't always been able to. So thank you for that.
5: You're welcome. Glad to help.
4: Hanuman, do you want to say anything about, yeah, I was just thinking just about your background in storytelling and in in media and radio.
0: My background, I guess, academically was expressing ideas in cognitive psychology through performance. But then I started, Dan, your father died uh, when you were quite young, and he was a professor at a couple of schools in Stockton, California, and he passed- right before recording technology became really prominent or easy. And and so there weren't recordings of him. I got in touch with the school archival person and he looked all over and just couldn't find any recordings, any voice recordings. And he was an important figure in our family and and also important to a lot of people as a professor. And so I, I was excited for my generation and future generations to be able to hear his voice because there's such a personal connection when you hear a voice and it just didn't exist. And so that made me consider that everybody is in that situation. And and I spent some time in 93 in the Dominican Republic and people there were listening to the radio so much uh, instead of each other, it felt like. Like before the radio had come in, people were just telling each other stories and, and, you know, hanging out and it was cool. Like I'm not anti-radio, man, but I'm just aware that there's this generational um, communication and, and it's gets lost in technology because our attention, our generation, generational attention has turned towards technology and away from uh, the, the immediate humans that, that are in our world. I started recording audio. I did this project in, in um, my master's program that was recording old people singing songs from their childhood that I, I called audio archaeology. And um, it was amazing. It was amazing to hear. It's a window into the past. It's, and it's not a hearsay window. Like, for instance, I recorded a woman, uh, Mamie Crawford, who was born in 1900, a Black woman born in Alabama, raised by her grandparents. And her. that means, you know, two generations before 1900, they were right around the Civil War and experienced that, that life and uh, what that's like to, to live. And she... She was singing songs that she sang with her grandparents. And it wasn't, I bet this is what this song sounds like. It was, this is the song. This is a window into the experience of that moment. And that was very moving for me. And, and I want I want future generations to be able to access those, uh, those sort of experiences, human experiences.
2: I feel like you've been bringing in a lot of that storytelling aspect into the show because we, you know, we could have done this kind of rote theory, right? Like just high, very heady theory about emotional intelligence, neuroscience, leadership. And that's really where we we were starting with all these beautiful interviews with you, Dan, and having you connect with folks who really have done all this research and all this decades of studying in a very particular area. And What I feel like you've inspired Hanuman through that storytelling lens was the human aspect. Like what actually makes us practical? How do we tie that back into the system itself in not just my world, but also what's happening in in society at large? Yeah, I want to just add into that because I think... um...
4: The storytelling piece is pivotal, and Dan, I think it's also something that you've always, you've always done consistently well in your writing, in, in your explaining of emotional intelligence, and it's how you've made the neuroscience and kind of the the frameworks really accessible is by constantly inserting anecdotes into your writing that really show what it looks like. And I think this podcast is like, we took that and we're able to expand it out. So instead of us having to narrate those stories in a teaching moment, we're actually going to people who can share their own stories. And I think it's so powerful to hear people share their own stories and have the examples live there, um, as opposed to writing books or articles where, you know, we're responsible for for sharing other people's stories. And just to dovetail into Gabby, with what you were saying, I think one of the biggest kind of (laughs) lessons for us as a team this year is that we took on a really ambitious format with this podcast of taking three, what are ostensibly hour-long interviews and trying to distill them and piece them together into one hour-long episode. And from a production standpoint, um... There were lots of moments where Gabby and I, as, as two of the people who are doing the scripting and doing those initial edits and looking at the transcripts were like almost in tears, like, oh God, we can't let go of that too. Oh, we have to let go of that too, right? Because we're trying to distill an hour of audio down to 15 minutes to fit into this episode. Um, And so I watched and like increasingly over the season, our episodes got a little bit longer and a little bit longer. You know, I think we had one episode that was like an hour and 45 minutes. And we were like, we just don't even know what else we could cut without losing so many beautiful gems or losing the essence of this. And so as we do launch into season two, our plan is to have a theme every month that we will explore across three episodes. And our intention there is to really um, be able to give our listeners access to all of the content and the full breadth and scope of the stories that we're recording, with the goal of making, you know, 45-minute episodes so that you can listen to a whole episode during a drive or in some reasonable amount of time. So we hope it's better for our listeners. I want to just give a nod to Dan's wisdom in the beginning, because Dan, I know we had a conversation and you you said something to the effect of. I just want to make sure you aren't all tackling this project in a way that's going to leave you feeling very stressed out and anxious. And I remember the moment you said that being like, "Oh okay, you know, we really do have to sort of mind our format here and really think about, um, yeah, just the amount of, of work it takes. And I just um I appreciate you just really uh, holding that space of wanting things to be easy and and really seamless for all of us. That feels like a a huge support.
3: Yeah, actually, I I like the idea of using each of the three parts as a podcast in itself, because I think the way it had been set up was, on the one hand, super rich in terms of content, but on the other hand, maybe too much from a production point of view. So so it makes sense to
0: me. My role in the podcast is both executive producer with Gabby and uh, co-host with you, Dan, until now. And I'll take this moment for the happy and exciting announcement that Elizabeth, uh, Liz, is going to be joining us as co-host going forward. And I'm so freaking thrilled about that, Liz. It's, it's been happening um, over this last season, Without even naming it because when Dan when you do an interview, it's Liz and I that talk about that interview on the on the sides of it and, um, and so essentially we've been co hosting together uh, for those, those episodes. And I'm just so happy that we get to recognize you properly as a, a co-host, because you clearly are. And uh, how rad it is to be doing this work with you, who I love so much and have so much fun with and respect in the world so much. So, yay. Yay, Liz.
1: Yay. Thank you. Very <laughs> yeah.
4: So my name is Elizabeth Solomon, and I will be moving into the role of co-host for season two, which I'm incredibly excited about and honored to take up that role. And Dan, I think it's, you know, when I really started delving into emotional intelligence into your work, I was like, oh, this is it. Like, this is a framework that I can use to think about that dance and sort of contextualize that dance. Um, And... Just for sake of our listeners, you know, I met Dan a little over five years ago now, um, and the past five years has been an incredible. I'm going to get a little teary, almost an incredible journey of of learning and growth for me. I feel really um, honored to be privy to your wisdom. I feel really honored to have gotten a chance to explore emotional intelligence so deeply over the past five years, and I've also just learned a lot about journalism and what it is to be a good journalist and what it is to do due diligence around research and tell a story in a way that, um, is simple and to take kind of complex ideas and be able to boil them down into something that's accessible. And that feels like a value that I've always had of just really making things accessible. And so I feel like that's one of, for me, that's a big reason to be a part of this podcast. Um, along with the fact that I just want to mention, you know, another highlight has been that we have produced these episodes where we are, you know, at the outset featuring people who are often um, known academics, known researchers, best-selling authors, and then often in our second and third act, we're featuring people who may have never even been on a podcast before. And that has felt um, hugely valuable to me. I feel like that is such important work for so many reasons of being able to, um, really invite people in to talk about their work and to talk about their purpose and to tell their stories, um, who may not have had, um, access to such a big platform before. So that feels really meaningful to me.
5: I do all of the sort of visual branding, the spot illustrations and title illustrations and, uh, if you saw any of our Kickstarter stuff, the video editing and animation. We talked early on about doing a podcast. Uh, The idea being we would look at kind of stories through the lens of emotional intelligence. And it's a, you know, as a graphic designer, I can honestly say that uh, my background is not in audio. But what I love about it is I love this idea of kind of pattern making, sense making, uh, looking at these stories and looking at what the kind of motifs that you see recur through these stories. So we talk about, you know, three act structures, looking at patterns that you see repeated through these three acts. Uh, and so this fascination with how do we build a compelling story that takes the seed and sort of watches it fruit over time uh, is incredibly exciting. And so I'm glad to sort of be in the background on this podcast.
2: I really consider myself kind of a sculptor. I think about all the pieces that need to go into this piece of art that we're building as a team. And And it also happens very collaboratively as a group. So not only do we come up with our ideas together, we do this facilitated brainstorm process. We all work together to develop the concepts for every single episode, but then all of those pieces need to come together. And so I'm kind of the person who orchestrates getting all of those pieces in in the can, as you would say. So I'm kind of uh, this wizard behind the scenes, I guess, trying to get it all to happen in time. She's,
4: she's a little bit like Mary Poppins when Mary Poppins does the great room cleanup with the children and she just starts <laughs> singing a song and everything just kind of falls into place. Gabby's like the great magical
2: wrangler. <laughs> yeah, you could call me a wrangler. I'm a wrangler. And in general, I would say that I'm a storyteller. And I think of the work that we're doing really from that perspective is if we want the world to be better, how do we tell stories that inspire that change? And that's why we're here. So yeah, let's keep doing it.
0: I just want to add to that part, the meaningfulness of having voices that aren't usually heard. It's really an honor to give voice to, to others in that way. And so it feels good to do that with this podcast.
2: I also
4: think there's a piece in this podcast I was reflecting on earlier today that... Um, to see emotional intelligence applied, both on the systems level and the individual level, one of my greatest hopes is that we instill a sense of hope in our listeners to say, no, this isn't just like a framework that you know sits in books or sits on the pages, but that there are people in every pocket of society and in the world who are working and leading and living with empathy, with compassion, with self-awareness, with mindfulness, with all of these components. Um, And, you know, particularly now when there's so much destruction and things continue to be ever more divisive, uh, it feels really important to
2: hold up those stories of what is ostensibly going well. And I think as an executive producer of the show with you, Hanuman, and the the production process with all of you, it's given me a purpose. It's given me a reason to keep getting up in the morning and really put my big girl pants on instead of my pajamas <laughs> and make sure that we keep, keep giving people hope, keep giving people those resources and those tools that will keep them moving through really difficult times.
0: You've been wearing actual pants.
2: <laughs> You're the only one. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Dan, I'm, I'm curious just to hear if you want to say anything. I'm just thinking about, I've understood that you have a value around making the work of emotional intelligence accessible. And I know books are obviously one way to do that, but I'm curious if there's anything else you want to say about the fact that this podcast has a huge reach, the fact that it's free, right? It's like a free opportunity to, to learn and delve into the work, if there's anything there for you to comment on.
3: Well, I love that the podcast is free, and it's reaching a larger and larger audience, because the idea uh, is to give it away, uh, to spread it as widely as you can. And uh, the podcast is such a beautiful way to do that. And, you know, over the course of, uh, you know, episodes going into the future, I think we're going to cover the main points of emotional intelligence. And, when i say point i mean news you can use uh that I, really i want to empower people to act now in whatever way their particular situation and skill set allows uh, to make the world a better place that's really the kind of uh hit not hidden agenda but a basic purpose of all of this uh and and so uh, the podcast is uh, you know when i was a kid We didn't have TV. We listened to radio and we listened to a lot of radio and radio shows mattered. Podcast is the new radio. It's a very personal, it's a very intimate medium. It's, you know, your voice carries so much information, so much emotion, so much feeling, so much nuance. And it goes right into the podcast listeners brain. It's a a brain-to-brain link. And uh, I think that the message it's giving is one uh, that's extremely important in these very difficult times.
2: Maybe what we can do, actually, is if each of us can talk about some of our favorite episodes and what we feel like we did really well. And the other piece that I think is really important that the – audience hear from us is actually the pieces that we feel like we want to improve in season two that maybe we didn't hit as well in in season one that didn't quite land in the way that we intended um, and areas of opportunity and growth
3: I have many favorites actually uh, because I, I feel that emotional intelligence is not one simple thing it's multifaceted and we got into Many different angles on it, starting with uh, one of my old friends, Richie Davidson, and his work on wellness and uh, tying it to purpose and to well-being and how we each can help ourselves in this realm. For me, that's very important.
4: And I was also thinking about our episode of Purpose and thinking about interviewing Dot Prue and the language that emerged um, from that interview around big P and little p. And that was such a highlight moment for me because it articulated something that I hadn't been able to so clearly articulate, but felt, which is this difference between having like a world changing purpose and finding purpose in the very small kind of everyday moments. And I really, my greatest hope is that just that concept of big P and little p helped make the entire concept of purpose more accessible to our listeners.
3: Then I I also like the podcast on achievement with Annie McKee, who's another dear friend. Uh, And Annie's a very seasoned consultant and high level coach for executives. But, you know, she, I don't know if this came out, but she at one point was a single mom on welfare in Hawaii. She's had a the whole range of experience. And I feel she's a very wise person. And so when we looked at achievement, which of course is a key to success, we also saw the downsides to achievement. The fact that you can drive yourself or other people too hard. I I think these are important points to make. And then for me, one of the most meaningful aspects of emotional intelligence is the schoolwork, bringing this to kids teaching a new generation the basics of self-awareness, how to manage your own disruptive emotions and tune into other people and get along well and harmonize, collaborate, and so on. And I, I felt really satisfied that we are able to get into that. And by the way, I love the fact of having kids' voices in each podcast. I think it brings a whole new sense of, you know, the future of all of this. Um, And then another favorite topic of mine is the environment. I feel, you know, there's this drumbeat of more and more dire news, uh, including that we've set some things in motion that we can't stop. And on the other hand, there's a lot we can do uh, to slow it down. And that it's more and more important that we pay attention To not just sustainability, but what's regenerative. And I I love that we had someone who's doing regenerative farming as part of that podcast. It's extremely important, but also the idea that each of us can act now in our own way uh, to make things better.
4: I also really loved our interview with Danielle Ignace, who really opened my eyes to thinking more deeply about the intersection of Western science and indigenous culture. And it really opened my eyes to thinking more deeply about just the incredible amount of reparation and repair work that needs to be done. In this society, and how there's this, you know, burgeoning desire for different groups to come together and collaborate around certain issues, and yet we have this long history of conflict and trauma that actually needs to be addressed and surfaced before we can even come together and engage in those type of conversations in an equitable and collaborative way. And uh, she did a really good job of talking about uh, that with us.
3: And then the important episode, uh, my part was with Lama Rod Owens on anger and how it can be a useful motivator. But I I feel it's only useful if you make it constructive, which is to say you keep the motivation, you keep the focus, you keep the persistence, you, you keep the high need to right the wrong, but you put aside the hatred. That doesn't get you very far. In fact, it gets in the way. Uh, And then a lot can happen, and and otherwise, maybe nothing much will happen.
4: I also just wanted to call out our One Connections piece with Shana, Renee Hammond, and Lauren Henley, and that followed, Dan, your interview with Lama Rod Owens. And just wanted to speak a little bit, because this format is something that We wanted to do multiple times in the first season and something we hope to do more of in the second season, which is having two people come together in conversation. And so instead of being interviewed, having that conversation really sit as the episode itself. And so that conversation between Shana and Lauren was the one time we got to do that. And Gabby, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think after that
2: conversation, did they go on to collaborate with one another? They did. They ended up starting um, more of a partnership, and they've been working really closely around the affinity-based identity work. I have to say that was one of my favorite episodes too. There was also an aspect about that I felt like thematically we started addressing as a team. Um, for me, diversity and inclusive leadership is a really big topic in my own personal work, and we've definitely woven that intersectional identity into the entire season. I think, especially the three act episodes, we've done a lot of work to try to incorporate that. And I'm thinking of the transformational SEL episode where we really dove deep into how social emotional learning can't happen until there's safety and belonging. Right. And we've we've delved into the constructive anger aspect. After speaking to Lama Rod Owens, we brought that into context and really helped people talk about how difficult it is to have constructive anger because of their own intersectional identities and how they show up in the world.
3: And then teams with Vanessa Druska. I thought that was so important because we're all part of teams, whether it's our family. Our, our network of friends, uh, a team at work, and what is it that makes a team really work, really harmonize? And uh, you know, she's the world expert on that. And, uh, so I was so glad that we got to that topic.
2: Yeah, Dan, I agree that Vanessa Dreskett's episode on how we can develop top performing teams through the lens of EI was one of our most tangible and practical, but we also received some really constructive and challenging feedback from one of our listeners following that episode, which I wanted to address together. Here's the voicemail that we received.
1: Hi, I was just listening to the podcast about emotionally intelligent teams with Vanessa And it was really, really wonderful and interesting. However, I am wondering how that whole interview never actually mentioned diversity and inclusion. And it just seems so right, as an African-American listener, it just seems so right to mention that some of the people who feel like they don't belong are people that are of diverse persuasions, and how that can and should be addressed within teams and I know you everything doesn't have to be around that but the exclusion of that felt really like I didn't belong listening to the podcast I enjoy your work and I really would love for you to get more sensitive around this area thank you
4: Robin's reflection is such a great example of emotional intelligence and action. I think she gave us really constructive feedback and I can feel that her intention is to build a bridge to help us grow, which I just appreciate so much.
2: Yeah. And actually, when I reached out to Robin to get approval for this use of the SpeakPipe message in the, our episode, she shared that she's a communications expert. And she told me that the same day that she submitted this voicemail, she ended up in a discussion about the usefulness of providing feedback. And she used this very feedback as an example of how someone can go about asking to someone to do something differently. And she referenced the fact that giving feedback is emotional because we're asking people to change and change is hard. I am not at all surprised that she's a communication expert based on (laughs) how she phrased this to us.
4: Um, But this is something we talk about all the time in emotional intelligence. The giving and receiving and feedback can be one of the hardest things to do as a leader, but it's also one of the most important. You know, One of the ways that we build self-awareness is through the reflections provided by others through others we come to know the things that are otherwise invisible to us but which deeply impact our relationships our performance
2: and our ability to make traction on the things that we care about yeah i i couldn't agree more that feedback is so so important and i feel like you know as someone who comes from an inclusive leadership lens i feel like it's really important to talk about the fact that We're incredibly grateful for this feedback that Robin gave us, but I'd be really remiss if I didn't mention that this also shouldn't be confused with an expectation that a marginalized person or folks should always be the ones to educate those in positions of power. Each of us on the show are also actively on an ongoing journey of self-education around the topics of race, equity, justice, and privilege, and it's an ongoing journey.
3: I'm appreciative and grateful to Robin for calling our collective attention to something we missed. It means there's a blind spot there. And one of the things, one of our objectives uh, is to cover the ground of emotional intelligence, which is really human experience from as many perspectives as we can. And if we're missing one, It's important for us to realize that and then do something about it.
2: I want to address the fact that Vanessa's work isn't in DEI, right? This is not her area of expertise, so she didn't speak to it in depth. But usually this is where we would address it in that narration, but we didn't. And maybe that's partially because we were hoping that the full experience of the whole season, right, that these intersectional topics that have been addressed in previous episodes would just trickle down. But I would personally say if we were going to do things differently in season two, which I hope we do, it's that we don't make the assumption that everybody hears every single episode, that we really have a responsibility in every individual episode to make sure that we bring people along with our values, with our purpose and our intention. And I'm just curious to hear anybody else's thoughts on Robin's feedback or any other thoughts around this particular voicemail.
3: I was thinking I'm about to interview Madupe Akinola, and her expertise is exactly this, uh, diversity and inclusion. And I assume that whole episode will be on that topic. So can you hit every sensitive issue in every podcast? I'm not sure. Uh, maybe that's too high a standard to hold ourselves to. We can do our best but I feel uh, that we are getting to that topic. It's such an important topic. It shouldn't be a, by the way, in an episode, it should be a whole focus is my feeling. And that's what I would say to Robin, stick around. We're going to really focus on it in more depth.
2: So I have to say as an executive producer with that specific lens coming into it, it was really hard to hear this feedback, but it was very constructive feedback. It was so hard to hear that Robin was feeling like she was excluded. Essentially, she didn't belong in this episode because we didn't even broach the topic of belonging being tied into the intersectional identity piece. As a team, I think we've all set intentions for making sure that we bring multiple perspectives, that we tie things back from multiple lenses in every episode, but we don't always get it right. You know, sometimes we are focused on a deadline. Sometimes we are just moving so fast that we don't get to it. Sometimes we are blind to different perspectives that we just can't see. After that voicemail, it was such an interesting experience. I had actually just got off two calls with
4: people who are going to be featured in our fall season, and I was driving down the road thinking, I'm so happy to be a part of this project. I feel like we have all these, you know, diverse voices and perspectives in the room. And then um, you illuminated me to that voicemail, and it was like, I just like felt um, an impending sense of anxiety and guilt, and and all of these things. Like it actually surfaced a lot in me, and I was thinking, you know, it's so. It's such an odd thing because on the one hand, I think we have done a really good job throughout the entire season of, of like you said, like bringing diverse voices into the room and really like thinking about the greater context in which we're all existing. And part of me was like, wow, the overlap between belonging on teams and diversity, equity, and inclusion is like the most obvious kind of connection. And it just struck me that that was like of all the places that we might be talking about DEI, that episode was actually probably the one where we should have at least mentioned or given nod or like let our listeners know that that was on our mind. And so it does feel like um, a missed opportunity. And I feel incredibly honored um, that she called. I feel like the fact that she felt like she could call and provide the feedback um, was a real positive that I took away and I feel really uh, grateful to her and for that.
0: I wanna start out by saying thank you, Robin. It was so, I when I first heard that voicemail, I also felt uh, a little bad, but quickly that turned into gratitude that we, we have somebody in our community, just like the loving community that that we were talking about earlier. And, please correct me if I'm wrong, but we all on this team identify as white. Is that true? What about you, Gabby? You, I've I've heard you say that before, so so I'm going with that. But it's an important point to call out. I think at this point, if if that is uh, if we're a team of white people, then we automatically have blind spots because we live within a system and a system lives within us where white people are on the top of the the ladder here. And that means we don't see a lot of the experiences of people who are not white. And these, these are our blind spots and we will try to do better. But even during the course of this season, I've, I've experienced a lot of growth and understanding uh, around the area of diversity, equity and inclusion. And like I said, we are a bunch of white people doing our best here. And so there are going to be blind spots like that. And, um, and, and thank you. And please know that we are, are really trying to understand those blind spots and see them and to shine the light there.
2: Yeah, yeah. I do want to address the white people thing because it's complex for me. It's really complicated. Um, I'm I'm mixed race and so because I'm mixed race, I happen to have white privilege. I come from a world where my mom brought a lot of her white privilege into my culture, into the way I was brought up. I have access to resources and knowledge about this society and how it works, as well as generally power and privilege because of that link to her. But I also grew up in El Salvador with my family there and I am a quarter um, indigenous. And so I I think because of my mixed experience, identity and intersectionality around that identity is really a, a forefront prominent aspect of how I see the world. And so the reason I bring it up as often as I do is because I've experienced those two worlds kind of bridging across one another. And I also see how both of those identities, at least in my experience, has shown me that there is so much more than what I see. There's so much more than what you see as individuals. There are systems outside of that that really affect the way that we live our lives. But because I do have light skin, I am perceived as white and therefore, you know, I'm not going to assume that the reason I'm being pulled over is because of my skin color. I'm not going to um, experience the same profiling as somebody who has darker skin than me. And also it means that I have significant blind spots because I don't have that experience. So I think all of us, what we're saying is we, we're all individuals in the world who have our own. Experiences and we see the world through that lens. And that also means we don't see the world through every lens. And we do our best within our frameworks to ask for additional perspectives, to gain additional knowledge from our community, to reach out to per- different people from different communities to ensure that they are represented in our podcast. And we can't do it alone. So if we are the only ones, being featured in this podcast we're never going to be able to really foster this really critical conversation around different issues that are affecting our listeners so that all that said it's really important that we feature as many voices from as many perspectives as possible and so i want to make sure that in our season two that we keep that in the forefront and i think we have we've already started building we've already started inviting so many folks who weren't represented in our first season and will continue to represent completely different perspectives in second season. Um, But if you have a perspective that needs to be heard, meaning our audience, and you think that you have something to share to this community, we'd love to hear it. We want those voicemails. We want you to continue to send us that critical feedback around how we can improve. Because if we don't get that critical feedback and supportive feedback about what we can do to make things better than we won't know. And that's why it's great that you're sharing so openly with us. And we hope you keep doing that.
0: Thank you so much for articulating that nuance uh, about your identity.
5: I really appreciate that. One of the things that's sort of exciting is that this podcast seems to be building a community. And I think, What is hopeful is that as we build this community and as we build rapport, we're also building trust. And in the episode uh, that we're talking about, you know, one of the aspects of belonging is the idea that you can call your friends, your colleagues, your community out when they make a misstep. And this is an example of that. You know, we made a mistake here, and that it's exciting that we have someone in this community that cares about the subject that cares about you know the conversation that we're having on it that can call us out in a way that feels constructive and i think you know emotional intelligence isn't a you learn it and you're done it's a constantly evolving skill set and part of that is the introspection to look at the mistakes that you catch yourself making And growing with it, too. And so I think this is a perfect example of it's a, a learning moment for all of us. And I do think it's exciting, again, that we have this community that wants to be part of this journey with us. Just to
0: tack on about the recordings, we also start every episode with kids, like we were saying. And if you have a small child that is fantastic, which I know they are and you want their voice to be a part of this podcast, there's a list that we will link to in the episode notes. And you can add your name to that list and get an email with different topics that we'll be asking kids about. And you can just record your child and send us the recording and we can get the little kid Big Brilliance onto the podcast
4: you know, every time I've been part of recording those kids' voices, I always have this thought of like, oh, right, uh, kids are born with such a deep understanding of emotional intelligence. It's almost like we lose it somewhere along the way, and then we come back to having to develop it again as adults. And it all seems kind of ironic and comical in moments, actually. I think there's another piece in here that I've been thinking about a lot, which is like trusting in the community um, to have grace, like to be gracious with us, and that that is kind of part of the work of emotional intelligence too is like trusting in one another to hold a noble story for each other um in times when we may
2: feel like we didn't do as well as we wanted to totally and we will definitely keep asking for that grace in season two and keep doing our best to keep growing and evolving
4: i want to say i was listening to the intro narration hanuman to the elad interview yesterday um and I just was so happy I just was so happy I was like wow we really are starting to get our like go back and forth flow down and I just was like standing there putting away my clothes listening to it just like this huge smile across my face and feeling so grateful
5: what I actually really like about the rapport that the two of you that you live in Hanuman have is that you have history together and you have an easy banter and the subject material that we often talk about is not always a feel-good story I mean I think a lot of things in this world kind of suck Uh, so the my fear is that the podcast becomes harder and harder to listen to it becomes more like homework um, because of the heady content of it And what I appreciate about the conversations that the two of you have is that you have this banter and rapport that keeps it light, that makes it feel hopeful, that makes it feel, you know, optimistic that everything isn't doom and gloom. It's only like 80% doom and gloom, Uh, 20% is uh, levity. But that levity, that sort of, um, you know, greek drama of tragedy and comedy you you need that comedy to kind of add poignance to the tragedy you need that tragedy to add poignance to the comedy and so i think why the two of you work so well and why i think it's amazing that you're going to be one of the co-hosts is that you get to bring that banter that familiarity and that love to the forefront and it feels really good like it feels like a great uh kind of window to a topic
3: i'm looking forward to our coming seasons it's a very rich menu okay everyone i love what we're doing let's keep going
1: thank you so much appreciate you all
0: Stay tuned for the launch of Season 2, which kicks off September 21st with a series of episodes on the topic of happiness. Are we looking for it in the right places? What are the misconceptions about happiness that we benefit from doing away with? We talk to a psychologist, a marketing researcher, and a spiritual leader to discuss each of their perspectives on the source of true happiness in our lives. Stay with us. If you're new to the show, you may want to get started with our EI 101 episode from season one, where we look back at Dan's theory of emotional intelligence and break down the 12 emotional intelligence competencies. And you can dig in even deeper with our 12 emotional intelligence primers. The set is called the Building Blocks of Emotional Intelligence. Find that and more on our store at keystepmedia.com shop. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to others.
2: Thanks for listening to First Person Plural, EI and beyond. Subscribe now and sign up for our newsletter to get notified as new episodes are released. This show is sponsored by Keystep Media, your source for personal and professional development materials focused on mindfulness, leadership, and emotional intelligence. Special thanks to all the kids who were featured in our Small People, Big Voices segment at the top of each show. Jonah, Ari, Pippa, Isis, Matea, Michael, Sujata, Neve, Ezra, Levi, Lucia, Juliet, Rowan, Kobe, Ioni, and Maya. We appreciate you sharing your brilliant thoughts, perspectives, and ideas with us. Featured in today's episode is our rock star team, Daniel Goleman, Hanuman Goleman, Elizabeth Solomon, Bryant Johnson, and myself. For guest bios, transcripts, and resources mentioned in today's episode, check out our episode notes on our website, firstpersonplural.com. This episode was written and produced by Elizabeth Solomon and me, Gabriela Acosta. Episode art and production support by Bryant Johnson. Theme music by Amber Ojeda. Until next time, be well.
1: playing four square recess at recess school uh, my friend he was making unfair rules mom and dad can give me advice anyone can give you advice but at the end of the day
4: you are the one that has to you know take on the advice and
5: improve yourself you can't be on a team with people that you don't know you have to be friends with the people in the team team means being together so you can't be separate
1: Well, when I get my way and I get another chance, I feel happy. It's exactly
0: true that some things you like that they change,
1: some things you don't like that they changed.
0: If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate our show and submit a review. It helps us spread the word about the show. If you want to go the extra mile to support our show, you can become a patron. For as little as $5 a month, you can get exclusive access to extended interviews and behind-the-scenes content. Sign up at patreon.com slash firstpersonplural.